You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Uh, Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, as we move from a, a daily podcast in season one uh, to really adjusting our, our, our schedule on season uh, two here, you know, one of the things that I've heard people ask me, um, of, of like, you know, I, I jokingly say that I would uh, never recommend or suggest someone to do a daily podcast, while at the same time, I, I, I can tell you that, you know, for me, it was such a, a different experience. And I know for many of you listeners, uh, I've heard from many of you, I heard from many of you in Miami and in New York and San Diego when I met so many of you in person. And many of you said like, you know, it, it allows you to kind of come along on the journey and, and be a part of this space, even if you weren't buying an NFT every day. And even if you weren't, you didn't have the liquidity. And maybe if you did, but you didn't have any other people in the space to kind of enjoy it with. And And I'll tell you, that's something that's been sticking out to me a lot recently. And I have to say, like, one of the things that, you know, this space, you know, the the current economy, the current structure of everything uh, is very, <laughs> let's just say it, it's very upside down. And it's kind of hard. It's not even kind of hard. It really is hard uh, to stay positive in these times. And, and I will say I'm not always positive um, about this space. Uh, and I don't mean just even NFTs. I mean, web three crypto AI, you know, there's something, there's something interesting about just this, um, you know, this cross section that I feel like we are in where there are people that are financially driven. There are people that are, um, you know, driven to take advantage of people because of, of their lack of knowledge. Uh, there's of course, bad actors that look at anything that is a new technology as a place that they can exploit. Um, and, and I think that's an important part of this that everyone needs to remember is that, uh, more often than not, the, the reason that there are, there is so many hacks or there are so many negative articles, you know, it's a combination of people look, you know, that are bad actors look at it as an easy target. And then people that don't like change, people that are afraid uh, of having to learn something new, they would prefer to break something down and, 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 and kind of bash it than have to learn something new. And, you know, we're seeing that with AI right now, right? There's a lot of um, fear mongering going on. And that's because a lot of people are worried, like, what does this mean for my job? And, and I think rightfully so, I think, but I think we should probably be questioning that uh, across the board, right? If your job can be replaced by something that is more programmatic or automatic or whatever you, however you want to, you know, if it has like some finite tasks and you are kind of the middle between certain things like that, that there is something to be said about you could probably and should probably be using your time, your skills, your resources, what you have to offer, um, you know, differently, right. You should be able, you should be able to kind of leverage that in a different way. And I know this whole narrative of like, don't worry that, you know, this quote has been going around a lot. Like it's the quote is, uh, you know, don't worry. AI won't replace your job. The people that know how to use AI will, right? That's the, the, the common phrase, but no one likes hearing that. Right. And I, and I would argue what excites me the most 
is like thinking about all of the new jobs that are going to be coming into this space, coming into uh, reality. And if you think about it very much like the, the mobile, the mobile app space, right? There's a hundred million mobile app jobs that did not exist 10 years ago. Let me say that again, 10 years ago, there was no such thing as a mobile app developer or mobile app, anything, right? Even mobile, uh, you know, app uh, advertising or, you know, even understanding that, that entire space that what, what is, you know, the apps to, you know, that exist, right? Like think about how many companies were not a thing, DoorDash, uh, Instacart, Uber, right? All of them were the byproduct uh, of a massive technology integration known as, you know, the mobile device, and so I look at that as AI is going to unlock. There are a lot of jobs and things that are going to come to life that, you know, right now we don't even know, we don't even know that that existed. We didn't even know that was needed, right? Like we didn't know that these type of roles were even something that was going to be integrated, you know, into our lives. But I will say, like, I do believe within the next five years, AI is going to impact every business, every industry, and it's going to be integrated into our lives in a way that you will not go to a doctor and get a doctor's diagnosis without also having an AI diagnosis of your symptoms. And I know that might sound scary, but if you think about it, right, are, shouldn't, should, we, should we source all possible public data and all data that we can find to get the best answer? Or should we trust you know, the doctor that is in our local area that's doing the best they can, but more than likely they're overworked, they're burnt out and their exposure to, you know, you know, what is, you know, what is the, the latest breaking uh, science is probably based on their, you know, couple times a year trainings um, and what they are exposed to in their day-to-day lives. And, and it's not a knock on, on doctors. I actually think it's going to allow doctors to spend more time doing what they do best, right? Which is that idea of you know, implement implementation, the bedside care, the idea of being able to source and take what is the best possible scenario or what give me, you know, cause I'm, I, you know, like the way I look at a lot of this is for every decision that I make, I'm always happy to have more data. And I'm also even more excited to have data that is even broader researched so that I can make a better decision. But ultimately, the doctors are still going to be the ones that are going to work with us as patients to make the decision of what's best. But why not give us more information, more data, more things at our disposal, right? I, I, I've uploaded my Apple Watch data um, to my doctor for many, many years now uh, for my ADHD diagnosis, right? So that they can give me the right uh, medicine. Uh, and actually, I, I lost my, my, AD, my ADHD. My Apple Watch came off uh, at the airport in Toronto. So if anyone is in Toronto at the moment, um, it's currently in the airport. I found, found my phone or find my watch and my, my Apple Watch is there in Toronto. So it looks like I'm gonna have to get a, a new Apple Watch. But I say all of that because like all of this has like, there's so many things going on. And, and I will tell you like the thing about the AI space that is just wild is just the, the pace of innovation. Also uh, the influx of desired attention. And, you know, I talk about AI a lot uh, on this podcast. I also, you know, I get to work with some cool AI tools like bigroom.tv, uh, which allows me to really, take a a vertical video and make it horizontal and do it in a dynamic way. Also include captions. Um, You guys can check out the the link to that in the show notes, but I I will tell you the part of this that is a little bit, um, not a little bit, it's a lot bit concerning 
is this feeling of overwhelm and also this feeling of like disconnect. And I was thinking about this today, you know, I was going through, you know, I have multiple different wallets, wallets with thousands of NFTs. Uh, and I say thousands of NFTs, like there's probably like 800 of them um, that are in my wallets across the multiple wallets that I have that I, you know, believe have the possibility of still being around, right? They're not free mints. They weren't um, just rugs, but I, I, I'm here to share like going through those wallets over the last 48 hours. And I was looking at like, uh, I was doing a couple different things from like a data perspective and I'll share that on a future episode, but man, it was, a, it was depressing and depressing in the sense that a lot of these projects I believe had good intentions. They had good founders. They had people that believed in what um, they were building. And unfortunately there's a lot of variables at play that are outside of one individual or even this entire industry's control. And I feel that myself, right? I will tell you, you know, with what we were building with this podcast, with rally, with the ADHD coin, with the NFTs that we were dropping, um, I mean, there's no way I would have assumed we would be in the position we are in right now, right? Where, you know, it is, it is a lot harder to get listeners and eyeballs. It's a lot harder to sell sponsorships. Um, it's now even harder for me to connect with you, the listener. Like I want to celebrate and thank every one of you that are listening that, that care about the show, that share this show out on your, your social networks that, that, that share it into a, a group chat that talk about it on, on stages. I know I got a couple of shout outs, just, uh, apparently at consensus, uh, you know, someone brought up my podcast up on the slides and I, and I saw a couple of the, the, the tweets that are out there and I appreciate the the love and the mention. And, but I will tell you like so many variables and this isn't a cop out, but there's a lot of variables that are outside of our control. And so what I wanted to do on this episode was just like, this episode is more of like the relatability episode. Like, you know, if you are someone that listens to this show and maybe you don't check your open sea very often right now, because things are so down, like good on you. Um, if you're someone that listens to this show and you're like, Hey, I'm active in a couple of my like favorite NFT communities right now, like good on you. Uh, I will tell you like one of the things that I'm trying to look at is like, how do I remove some of this negative emotion and how do I remove some of this overwhelm so that I can operate the best, but that I can also, um, you know, do what's best for me as a mental health side. Right. And I'm going to talk a lot more about mental health, uh, especially next month, uh, you know, especially May, May and June, uh, with that being a, a big focus uh, of content. Uh, as most of you know, as an AI artist, I have uh, a lot of collections focused on neurodiversity and ADHD. I am also a massive mental health uh, advocate. I'm very transparent and open about that. Uh, I get to work with some really cool brands. Uh, I'm doing a, a collaboration with my AI art and Deepak Chopra. Uh, yeah, how crazy is that? Uh, shout out to Shira Lazar for uh, making that connect. But where I wanted to kind of like look at this was that I there's a couple projects right now that I'm really bullish on and I really enjoy what they're building. I really believe in the community. I believe in the utility. I believe in, you know, showing up on a regular basis in their either Twitter spaces or, you know, in their discord or even just engaging with them on on Twitter. But what I found was that that feeling of like, Hey, this is still valuable. This is good can often get lost when I open up my wallet or I look at open sea or I, I get, I, I kind of look at everything from a holistic view. And so this is, this is like my call to action for everybody listening. What if we flip that? 
And so what I was actually doing was I was setting up uh, another uh, account on my Ledger. Uh, you know, shout out to Ledger. I, I own a bunch of Ledger devices, which is where um, I use to store my NFTs from a security perspective. It gives me another layer in there. But I also, um, you know, I really just, for me, I won't make another, like I, I use hot wallets for, uh, you know, minting or for things that I need to do that are, are you know, actually, and I, and I still even, I do, I mint directly to my ledger, but um, I do have a couple of hot wallets that I still connect to websites for. Um, but I, I don't believe I will, con- I don't believe I will create another Ethereum based wallet um, that is not on a ledger, just my own personal, you know, workflow that I have right now. And if that's something you guys care about, maybe I'll do a whole episode on my uh, ledger and my workflow at the moment uh, with the different ledgers that I have. I have multiple multiple different ones, including ones that my kids have. But with all that being said, I made a decision today and I created a new account on my one of my ledgers and I'm going to move um, a couple of my favorite uh, NFT projects that I'm actively involved in to a fresh new wallet. And it's going to cost me some gas, um, hopefully gas not keep going crazy. So it's probably going to cost me like 60, 70 bucks to do so, uh, to move these, but it's worth it for my mental health because what I, what I'm realizing is that although I'm such a big fan of more data, more information, more insights, I also have to recognize that there are some things that I just need to put, put into a folder, put into a wallet and check back on them in many months. There are things that I have to kind of like control the inputs so that I can manage my own output. And so I'm doing that. And I'm also doing in the AI space, I've decided to, you know, I have a, I have a couple other Twitter accounts that aren't my main iSocial fans account. And I've decided that I, on those other accounts, I'm going to follow more of the AI news because I don't check into those Twitter accounts all the time. And I actually going in and unfollowing, muting a couple people um, in my main accounts because the influx of AI tools and AI content and people wanting to be AI experts, I feel like was making me feel a little bit overwhelmed. And I was having a little bit like if even imposter syndrome or jealousy of like, wow, these people are, are, are you know, working with this brand and the AI. And, and the funny thing is like, I've been in AI since 2014. I've been talking about it on stage for, you know, nine plus years, but that, that feeling of jealousy and imposter syndrome and, and must be nice it's not a feeling that I like having. And so I'm going to control the the inputs, right? What I am inputting by actually following a lot of that content um, on a different Twitter account. And so I, it doesn't mean that I won't stay in the know. It doesn't mean that I won't check in on that regularly, but I don't want that being in my feed always, right? And it's funny because I did the same thing. Like I have a Pittsburgh sports Twitter account. For those that don't know, Pittsburgh underscore fans with a Z or a Z uh, is my Pittsburgh sports account. And part of that was because I needed to separate um, the the inputs because when I like watch Pittsburgh sports, I am not... Uh, <laughs> I am not like the the nicest person always. Like I live and breathe Pittsburgh sports and shout out to my Pittsburgh pirates who right now have the best record in the majors, um, which is weird because the only time we ever have the best record in the majors is if like we win the first game. But uh, yeah, right now 17 and uh, nine uh, at the moment. So uh, shout out to the Pittsburgh pirates. Um, but I say all of that because I, I recommend for everybody to just kind of look at your inputs. And this probably goes to your friend circle even to your Facebook or your Instagram. Like I will tell you, I used to think that I, I needed to consume my peers content 
you know, like those that are my peers, those that are my fellow podcasters, those that are my fellow speakers, because they're like, they're my friends and I want to see what they're doing. But I, I've shared this before. I, I've, what I found very valuable was that I mute a lot of people and it's not because I don't like them. It's not because I don't, I don't want to support them or I don't believe in what they're doing, but there is, there are people that have different versions of success than me that have different paths that they're taking. But I will notice that sometimes what they're doing will impact my direction, impact what I'm working on. And so that's what this episode is for. I, I want to challenge everybody to kind of examine your inputs, examine what you are allowing to influence your emotion, your energy. And especially like in this NFT crypto space, like I will tell you, like, I don't care about, you know, the, the altcoins right now. I even on Twitter, I went into advanced search and I muted a bunch of the altcoins, uh, content on Twitter. And it's, and you know, I'm not shaming anyone. Hey, if you trade altcoins, good on you. That's not my specialty. It's not where I'm good at. It's not where I want to spend my attention. And honestly, it's not where I need to get additional FUD in, into my uh, ear holes or into, <laughs> into my own system. So I, I've always believed that you know, social media isn't inherently bad or negative on our lives. But oftentimes the people we're following, the way that we use it, the fact that we don't train the algorithms, the fact that we don't, like you should like posts more often on every social network. You should be liking more posts and people are like, oh, well, I don't even want to like, well, when you like posts, you're teaching the computer, the algorithm, the AI, the machine learning, what you like. It's so easy to blame, you know, our inputs and saying like, oh, social media is bad. Being on our phone all day is bad. No, you should, tw- you should tweak and manage your notifications. I, I, I tweak my notifications a couple times a month. I will look at my, actually right now I'm testing out the new, um, let's see if, let's see if it'll pop up when I'm um, here on video, but I'm testing out the new, uh, they have like the, the whole day in review. Um, you know, you can actually get, rather than getting like your traditional notifications on your iPhone, you can have them stacked, right? You can have all of your notifications. I mean, and holy cow, I have a lot of them, but, um, but you can have them stacked in what they, what they call like this, uh, this, uh, summary, right? So like you can get a summary of notifications rather than what you would, you know, traditionally get with all of them. And so I will tell you like, this is the, the summary piece. And so what I've gone through, I was like, you know what, some of these notifications I want to track, I want to see what's going on. But at the same time, I don't need them disrupting my day. I don't need, I don't need to see them in real time, but I also don't want to hide them because I don't want to forget about these apps or this, these notifications. And so what I've done is I'm starting to use that summary feature and I'm really adding ones in there and and I'm tweaking those inputs that come into me. And so I say that because like with me, with ADHD, I mean, one of the most popular questions that I get is, you know, Brian, give me your hacks, give me your tips, give me the things that you do to be productive with ADHD. And I will tell you, you know, it impacts every minute of every day of my life. And for anyone that is out there that is neurodiverse, that you have struggling with something, you can relate that most people will think like, oh, ADHD impacts you when you can't focus on this or ADHD impacts you when um, you're working. But I will tell you, even being a dad with my three daughters, there are many times where I will forget things where I'll do something and I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that. But it's because of my brain's wired differently, right? And the ADHD comes out. And so my, my answer when people ask me about like my hacks and stuff is like, I don't, I haven't figured it out. I'm a work in freaking progress, but I will tell you, I am very hyper self-aware and I am hyper in the, 
the 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 ability like i i take great pride in testing and tweaking different things i always say test tweak repeat test tweak repeat test tweak repeat and I, 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 and I do that with everything, right? Like, oh, I'm going to test notifications. I'm going to test, you know, how I'm using Google Docs. I'm going to test what email app I'm using. I'm going to test what scheduling app I'm using. I'm going to test and tweak things. I'm going I'm to, oh, okay, I like that app, but I don't like how it does this or whatever that may be. And I'm just going to put this out there. If you want to be successful in managing a world that ha- is powered by AI, get great at embracing your curiosity, but testing and tweaking. I'm never looking for a solution for the rest of my life. What I am looking for is if there's something new presented to me, what problems does that solve? How can that integrate? How can I test it out? How can I tweak it into my way of doing things? Because no one else is like me. I'm one of a kind and each one of you are one of a kind. So if you're struggling, know that you're not alone. If you're frustrated know that you're not alone. If you're overwhelmed, know that you're not alone. If you are questioning decisions you made over the last two years in the NFT space, you're not alone. If you are excited about a couple of things, but you're sad that the entire space is down and you wish others could be a part of the great communities that you're a part of, you're not alone. I feel all of those things. And so I mean, I'm here to tell you that it's okay to, to pause or to tweak your, your access or, or what you're using. But I also think like start making decisions that are best for you. And I'll report back. One of them I'm making is that I have this new wallet and soon as gas goes down, I'm going to send, I, I think I marked, um, there's nine NFTs that I'm going to move into this new wallet because I check them on a regular basis and I stay up to date with them and I'm connecting to their websites and I'm in their discords and I'm on their Twitter spaces. And, and most of you that follow me on Twitter, you're going to know what, which nine NFTs that I'm talking about. It's not, um, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention them here because my goal isn't to pump the bags or, or pump those projects. Cause we all have projects that we, you know, love or we, right now that we care about, but I'm going to tell you is I want to remove them from the negative energy that I get when I open my, my, my wallet today and, and you can check out, you know, I don't, I'm not hidden here, you know, D Y O D R dot ETH, right. Do your own damn research dot ETH. Um, if you, you know, check that out on, you can check out my, that's my, my ledger vault, um, you know, on OpenSea on Ethereum. Uh, I have a bunch of wallets, right. I have, I have North of, you know, 30 wallets total. Um, but that one, uh, you know, a couple others, fanzo dot ETH. Um, you can definitely check out min 365 dot ETH. Uh, I have a lot of those that are, uh, and you, if you just go look at my activity, I'm not hiding anything. You can see, you know, which things I, I transfer, which things I do what with, but I, I say all of that because, uh, I, I appreciate all of you. And I, I, I really do believe that we are living in the greatest time in history, but I also believe that we have more pain, more tough times, more tough decisions, more bad actors, more bad examples, more bad regulation in our near future. And it's going to take all of us together to get through it. I started this podcast with the mantra, we is greater than me. And maybe I I need to adapt that now to say, we need we so that we can continue to focus on me. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope each and every one of you keep on going I hope you find, and I, and I will tell you, like, if you haven't found 
like the project that you like love or you're you're connected to right now, sell some of your NFTs at a loss. Sell some, and this is not financial advice, but I'm just going to tell you, like, sell some of what you have at a loss, and then jump into a project that you could be excited about or that you're curious about. Like I, I I'm in the in the process of doing that where. Um, anyone that follows my wallet knows that I've been selling off some NFTs that I've held for over a year. Um, and it's not because I lost faith and faith in those projects, but I want to take that liquidity and invest it heavier on a couple other projects that I'm really excited about and I'm really active in right now. And I, and I'm excited for what they're building. And I've had a couple other founders here on the podcast that you can go back and listen to. But with all that being said, friends, take care of your mental health, be, you know, being self-aware and prioritizing self-love and self-care is not selfish. And we will get through these tough times. We will continue to roll with the punches. We will continue to adapt. We will continue to evolve. And I, and I truly do believe uh, together we are going to build a world that is a better place, that has decentralized components, that allows great people doing great things to be amplified. It's going to add a layer of transparency to the world that we really, really freaking need right now. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be immediate. And damn, is it going to be a bumpy ride. Until next episode, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 